With the best all-inclusive vacation deals to Mexico and the Caribbean, booking your getaway with cheap Caribbean vacations means you have more freedom to do your deal. Whether you enjoy snorkeling, endless margaritas, and more, or simply soak up the sun and sand in a tropical paradise, Cheap Caribbean Vacations has your deal for that. Plan and book the exact getaway you want at exactly the right price for you by using our exclusive budget beach finder or find a featured all-inclusive package to Jamaica and do your deal at CheapCaribbean.com. From the Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center, Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Let's go over to Alfred. Check of the weather. Wait, 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 wait. Oh, my gosh. We love Elmo, don't you? What is this? This whole thing is making me sick. So Larry David and Elmo were on what the today show and Larry David choked Elmo out. And, uh, Elmo was on, I think to discuss what we mentioned yesterday that Elmo for some reason is on Twitter and tweeted, how's everybody feeling? And people responded with, I'm really depressed, Elmo, and I don't see any point in my life. Or women got raped and people burned alive in Israel on October 7th. So these are troubled times, Elmo. And so then the Sesame Street people decided, well, Elmo should go on the Today Show or whatever and talk about how it's okay, everybody. Let's be friends. But in the middle of that, you get the, Larry, you need to ask permission before you touch someone, guy, whoever the hell that was. All right. Uh, All right. Which reminds me, I was getting my hair cut yesterday, and, and the dude who cuts my hair, um, he's an interesting guy. I'll have to tell you about him someday, but um, he's one of the most massive human beings I've ever laid eyes on. He's a former Special Forces guy, and huh. I'm certain that he could defeat any hundred other human beings in a fair fight. And, then, and then his passion is cutting hair. Interesting. Oh, it's his gig anyway. Uh, but he, he, we were laughing about that uh, that meme video going on online where... It's a series of barbers saying, now, do I have permission to touch your head to their customers? Have I you haven't seen this? seen this, no. Is oh, this yeah. real? Or it's, is it... it's real. The barber but... says, do I have permission to touch your head? Yeah, do I have permission yeah, to touch your I neck now? And that sort of came in for a haircut. You freaking lunatics. Well, that's the thing. The guy who put these videos together, he interjects himself saying, he's a, he's a British guy. He's like, look, bro, I came in for a haircut. How are you going to cut my hair if you don't touch my head? Well, of course, you stupid idiot. You know, he's he's making fun of the whole idiotic thing. Seriously? They say, do I have yeah. permission to touch your neck now? So I got to. Wow. Can you believe? Can you picture being one of these people working your way through life? I don't want to get hung, hung up on this. We got a lot of stuff to talk about. But, yeah, it actually kind of leads us into uh, uh, the theme of the segment, which is. <clears throat> The delusions of the progressive left, and sometimes they fall away for the better. I hate hope, as I've said many times, because I'm never disappointed unless I have hope. You hate hope. Oh, yeah. Hope's the worst emotion. But um, if you're hope just is the worst gr- emotion. <laughs> grimly, grimly realistic, oh. that's the way to live. You, you grind your way through your day. 
without a ray of hope, just grimly enduring it. Then you then you drink alone in the dark, muttering angrily till you fall asleep. That's the path to happen. So we got to have Armstrong and Getty T-shirts with hope, and then the big circle with the line through it. No hope. <laughs> anyway, that'd be a pretty uh, so, good T-shirt, actually. Hope, the worst emotion. <laughs> I don't know. I think your idea is better. It's simpler. Uh, so uh, here's what I'm talking about: uh, the junkie explosion. In the blue cities of America, if you don't live in one of the blue cities of America, you probably hear the news or you even see the videos and you think, surely it's not that bad. It's that bad, friends. And the San Francisco Chronicle, one of a couple of pieces of journalism I wanted to highlight from lefty media, uh, the Chronicle with really uh, an interesting and dramatic article entitled... What the heck's the title of this? 24 overdose deaths inside one deadly week in San Francisco. 24, and it opens up with a security guard telling about uh, telling us about when he found his first dead body. Because it's Ooh. now become routine. Routine. And they go through the various people and their backgrounds and their struggles and how they came to be in San Francisco. Oh, oh the one thing that emerges from this article, as indisputable fact is that people flock to San Francisco because they know they can do drugs openly and sell them openly and there are no repercussions. The policy 100% leads to a greater number of uh, homeless junkies. Sure. Of course and it does. The idea uh, you know, uh, uh, spouted by the left for years and years that that's not true. That's not true. It's unquestionably true, according to the very people involved in it. I've got little towns next to me that got no homeless people. And you can't get any food over in that town. Come to my town. Feed you all day yeah. long. Give you all kinds of stuff. Yeah, poop in the park. Do drugs openly. That's fine. We'll we'll make it as easy to be a junkie as possible. We will enable you until you're dead on the pavement, which is what this article is about. Anyway, it's a good point, metal guy. Thank you. What we found were two dozen people as young as 23 and as old as 78 from all over the country and the world who were not just grim statistics in the city's continuing struggle with drugs, but men and women with lives as complicated as San Francisco's crisis. Their deaths illustrate the profound challenges the city faces in making headway in the emergency. And I mean, the whole thing's really interesting, but the one part that struck me in particular was that as they look at the individuals, which is something we've been advocating forever, stop pretending like this is some... Uh, you know, homogenous mass of poor, unfortunate people whose medical bills got them evicted from their apartment. You've got to figure out who's a junkie, who's mentally ill, who's the aforementioned unfortunate person with the medical bills. And if you do not attack the problem on an individual basis, you're just pretending. To, well, you're throwing money at it so your cronies get rich. Anyway, the point they make in this article is that the what it takes to get a junkie off the streets, off drugs, and self-sufficient is a months or years-long effort that frequently fails. And they're talking about, you know, this handful of people they're following. And you multiply that by 300? It, it would take the resources of the United States military and, and the funding to deal with this. I'm guessing and you're you, still going to lose a huge percentage of these people because you just can't get them clean. I'm guessing when you say frequently, you mean the vast majority. Sure. Yeah. I mean, and that's just some frequently could be just a lot, lot of times, you know, like yeah, three right. out of ten times. Yeah. I think it's more like eight out of ten times, if not more. 
Uh, yeah. Because I know yeah. the best and, rehabs in the world have hard-leaning success. And, you know, I want to tip my cap to the, uh, the journalists of the San Francisco Chronicle because I have a feeling that a lot of this stuff is an uncomfortable set of truths for them because it goes against their ideological leanings. And it takes a certain amount of guts and courage to essentially call out your side for being wrong about everything for a very long time. But what emerges, I think, from a careful reading of this article, and we'll post it at armstrongandgetty.com under hot links so you can read the whole thing yourself if you want. What emerges from me is, is the utter disastrousness of the experiment of decriminalizing hard drugs and how stopping people from starting that habit saves society billions of dollars. In, in terms of what we're doing right now, it would save us billions of dollars. But if you're going to do all the things it would do to undo it that the Chronicle is talking about, that would be tens, if not hundreds of billions of dollars. It's a classic case of a stitch in time saves nine. You can't let people become fentanyl addicts, meth addicts, uh, opioid addicts, whatever. And as a liberty-loving guy, I've called myself a small L, L libertarian for many, many years. That's really uncomfortable. But we have two choices as a society, I think. One, prevent people from doing this. Or two, saying, your choice, die. It's not our business. It's not our problem. Die. If you shoplift, we're going to prosecute you. If you sleep in the park, we're going to shove you out of it. If you poop on the sidewalk, we're going to give you a fine. You. It's, it's your choice. It's your responsibility. Those are our two choices as a society. The one choice we can't make is we will both make it super easy and fun to be a junkie, and we'll pay zillions of dollars to deal with the aftermath. That is not a viable choice. And one would assume that if you just let people make the choice, and we might go through a really rough period, where we're already going through a really rough period where lots of people die, Word's going to get around that, hey, man, you can't do casual drugs, too much fentanyl around. It's just not an option. The yeah. same reason you can't, you know, drink paint thinner. It just doesn't work. Right. So final note, this is from the New York Times, notably enough. I'll just read you a couple paragraphs. Um, the title of this screed from the liberal newspaper uh, well, the headline doesn't really help. Uh, for some San Franciscans, a drug crisis is just part of city living. They see people shooting up in front of their homes and businesses. They often find someone dozing on the sidewalk high. Sometimes they check for a pulse. That's how I found my first dead body, said the owner of a local deli, as that wow. dude continues. Wow. But the city's drug crisis is relatively new. Hmm, he says, stroking his chin. I wonder what changed. Could it have been policy anyway they write in 2018 san francisco's overdose death rate roughly matched the national average last year its death rate was more than double the national average that's dead people by the way folks dead young people mostly i recently spent time in san francisco to understand what is going on in today's newsletter i want to explain one of the factors that has contributed to the city's crisis culture Culture can sound like an abstract concept, but it matters for drug policy. It matters for everything, as we have been trying to tell you for 25 years plus. Consider smoking. They go in the example yeah. of how culturally it became much less accepted. Drunk driving would be a good example. Oh, that's a great example, yeah. Um, in San Francisco and other liberal cities, good Lord. This is the New York Times I'm quoting now. 
In San Fran and other liberal cities, the opposite shift has happened with hard drug use. The culture has become more tolerant of people using drugs. When I asked people living on the streets why they are in San Francisco, the most common response was that they knew they could avoid the legal and social penalties that often follow addiction. Wow. Including, you can do as many crimes as you want to pay for your drugs, and nothing will happen to you. It's a junkie paradise. Yeah. Getting back to the New York Times, some came from as close as Oakland, believing that San Francisco was more permissive. As Keith Humphreys, a drug policy expert at Stanford, told me, San Francisco is on the extreme of pro-drug culture. And they go into some detail on this. Maybe we'll, we'll hit a little more of it later in the show, but... Here you have the most important lefty media outlet in the Bay Area and the most important lefty media outlet in America both saying the same thing. It's policy and culture, and there are a hell of a lot of dead people in misery to show for it. By the way, the cheap sickles that froze in the backyard, toxicology report fully out now. They they were smoking pot. They had cocaine in their system and three times the lethal uh, amount of fentanyl you need to die. So it could have been, it would seem to me, sunny and 80 degrees in that backyard, and they would still been dead. It just happens to be that they died and it was cold outside, I think is more likely the story here. Oh, yeah. Let's stop saying they froze to death and say their bodies were preserved by the cold. Yeah. Yeah, All right, the times. next question is, did they know they were doing that sort of thing, or were they poisoned, thinking they were just doing some Xanax or very, something like that? Very good question. And just quickly, so I don't know if you saw this Darius Rucker, Hooting the Blowfish, country star. He got arrested yesterday on some sort of drug thing. He was selling drugs or whatever, and he got arrested, and his mugshot came out. Anyway, his ex-girlfriend had some snarky tweets about him. She's an actress, comedian I'd never heard of. Keep hey. it classy, sweetheart. Anyway, came across <laughs> this story where she was talking about uh, how... She was at a party, so she wanted to rehab because she was at a party where three of her friends died from fentanyl. Can you imagine that? You're just having a party, and three of your friends are dead from fentanyl. And then she went to rehab. She ended up really sick and went to rehab, and now she's mocking Darius Rucker, who is also apparently doing drugs, and who knows? I don't know. But Wow, a lot of people die from this stuff. A lot of people. Really fast, really easy. Yikes. It is a yikes. Uh, taking a look at your New Year's resolutions now that we're into February, among other things we got coming up. Stay here. Armstrong and Getty. With the best all-inclusive vacation deals to Mexico and the Caribbean, booking your getaway with cheap Caribbean vacations means you have more freedom to do your deal. Whether you enjoy snorkeling, endless margaritas, and more, or simply soak up the sun and sand in a tropical paradise, Cheap Caribbean Vacations has your deal for that. Plan and book the exact getaway you want at exactly the right price for you by using our exclusive budget beach finder or find a featured all-inclusive package to Jamaica and do your deal at CheapCaribbean.com. Business has always been about turning a profit, making money. But can it stand for something more? Something beyond dollars and cents? We think so. We think that today, business has a higher calling, a purpose to be fair and just, to do right by their workers, customers, communities, and the environment. And it turns out companies successful doing that also do better for their bottom line. When you see the Just Capital seal, it means this company is a force for good. Visit JustCapital.com to learn more. The 
Armstrong and Getty Show. A large asteroid is now set to fly by Earth. This asteroid is roughly the size of the Empire State Building or a football stadium. NASA says it'll pass within 1.7 million miles of Earth, which is considered close by NASA. They say it's the closest this asteroid has ever come or will come. Damn it. Missed by this much. We were all hoping for the sweet meteor, meteor of death, but it just swerved off the course a little bit. We're going to have to endure this entire year. <laughs> What are you going to do? What are you going to do? I just came across something I was going to mock, and I read further into it, and, I, and, and there was a nugget of wisdom in there. Oh, you learned a little lesson there. Too quick to mock. Hmm? Hmm? Why February is the best month for resolutions from the New York Times. Psychologists say now is the perfect time to reflect on what you want and how to get there. And I thought, this is mockable and stupid. It's uh, it says yeah, um, I'm kind of with you so far. <laughs> first of all, take a look at your resolutions. And was it the correct resolution to begin with? Then if you decide it was, where did you fail? Well, here's where I failed. I said I was going to eat better and I'm not eating better. I said I was going <laughs> to exercise more. and I'm not exercising more. That's where I failed, really. And not doing what I said I was going to do. Well, um, you ought to sell your services. <laughs> That's, that's good stuff. But I came across this, and I have applied this in other areas in my life. So my, one of mine was I was going to do a particular kind of exercise every single day, and I did it like two days. I mean, it's my my biggest failure year for New Year's resolutions I've ever had in my life. Just like some of them never even started. One of them I made it for two <laughs> days. But like a year or so ago, because I have a real procrastination problem, particularly with paperwork, and a uh, therapist-type guy told me, he said, do one thing. Do one thing every day. One thing. And I thought, yeah, but I'm never going to get everything done. One thing. It'll take me a year before I get through my pile. I've got all this stuff i got to get through. Do one thing. And I started doing that. And you know what happened? After a week, I had seven things done. Whereas if I had gone with my, but i got to get all of it done, I wouldn't have done any of it. Right. <laughs> so I did one thing. And it says here, and I think it is good, Make your if you failed at your resolution, you've determined you still want to do the resolution, but you failed, consider a goal that's embarrassingly manageable. Like, just right. ridiculously manageable, like doing one thing in your pile every single day. Like, just, you know, do one push-up every day. Or just stupidly manageable. It's so much better than not doing it at all. That's very similar to an idea we we uh, came across, I think, a couple of years ago that I found incredibly liberating. And that's if there's something you want to do but you can't get yourself to do it. For me, it's writing or recording or whatever. Do five minutes. Say, I will sit down and I will look at that keyboard and I will try to write for five minutes. If it ain't happening, I'll get up having fulfilled my bargain. But that easy, easy bite-sized beginning often turns into real productivity. And if it doesn't, meh, that's fine. All you said was five minutes. I'm going to reset on this Groundhog Day and go with un- embarrassingly manageable expectations. You can do it. Yeah. Uh, Joe Biden said something nuts yesterday. Imagine that. Stay tuned. Armstrong and Getty. With the best all-inclusive vacation deals to Mexico and the Caribbean, booking your getaway with cheap Caribbean vacations means you have more freedom to do your deal. Whether you enjoy snorkeling, endless margaritas, and more, or simply soak up the sun and sand in a tropical paradise, Cheap Caribbean Vacations has your deal for that. Plan and book the exact getaway you want at exactly the right price for you by using our exclusive budget beach finder or find a featured all-inclusive package to Jamaica and do your deal at CheapCaribbean.com. 
welcome to Talkville, the ultimate Smallville rewatch podcast. Title Transference aired October 27, 2004. Director James Marshall, writers Todd Slavkin, Darren Swimmer. I really like this episode, and I'm surprised that you don't like it as much as you thought you did. I actually respect your opinion more than I respect my own in general. (laughs) (laughs) When you say things are good and I check them out, they are. Jump in now or catch up on any of the past seasons of Talkville on YouTube or wherever you listen. The Armstrong and Getty Show. This is pitiful. A thousand people freezing their butts off waiting to worship a rat. What a hype. Not like they used to mean something in this town. They used to pull the hog out and they used to eat it. You're hypocrites. All of you. <laughs> you got a problem with what I'm saying, Larry? Untie your tongue and you come out here and talk, huh? Am I upsetting you, princess? You know, you want a prediction about the weather. You're asking the wrong film. I'll give you a a winter prediction. It's going to be cold. It's going to be gray. And it's going to last you for the rest of your life. (laughs) Is it a silly comedy or one very, very, very deep movie, Groundhog Day, about the meaning of life? I think it's the latter, but anyway. I think it's both. That's what makes it so wonderful. Today is Groundhog Day, February 2nd. Um, Happy Groundhog Day! That's the actual announcement in front of I'm an adult! I'm good over here. In front of a crowd. I just saw it on TV. looked like Woodstock. That must be some party. Maybe I'll I'll put that on my bucket list. Go to Groundhog Day someday and whatever. Uh, Hey, I've said it before. I'll say it again. You want me to day drink in honor of a furry muskrat? Fine. That's great. (laughs) Super. Whatever. You know, I've gone to the Strawberry Festival and had a, right. a big time. It's yeah. not because I have any particular passion for the strawberry. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. They got a band yeah. and they got a the beer tent, so that's all you need. Speaking of having a good time, it's Friday. A lot of people going to be going out tonight, having a big maybe meeting that special. Someone keep in mind now that syphilis rates are skyrocketing. What? More on that to come. What? Hello. How you doing? What? what do you think? Maybe, not a uh, joke. Maybe ask for a little blood test before you get it on. It's February, the seasonal love, Valentine's Day, just 12 days away. But remember, syphilis rates are skyrocketing. (laughs) What the hell? (laughs) They got to get one of them candy hearts that says, don't give me syphilis. (laughs) You'd have to write it all the way around to the other side of the little candy heart. A little, little, uh, cute little pink chalk heart that says, I need penicillin. Yeah, yeah. So among our many, uh, you know, jihads, uh, quests, principles around here, uh, we believe that every kid in America should get a good, solid education in how money works and how a business works. I wonder what is, thought just popped into my mind. I wonder what percentage of kids, say, 16 to 20, could tell you, could define for you profit and loss. In a business context. And and uh, I have a feeling it would be a fairly high number, but the fact that it's not like 98%, uh, that's shocking. You got a wild guess what that number would be? I don't. I know my son has learned a lot about it, but he's in a private school where they got classes that I don't think he would have had in public school. So I don't know. 
Oh, that reminds me. Another teacher weighed in on how uh, Cal Unicornia public schools are going to be required to teach neo-Marxism, the DEI stuff. Like in all the classes, like in a year and a half or two years. Um, It's just horrifying. But I don't want to I don't want to get into that. What the hell is going on? Yeah, that's a good question, Gavi. Why are you trying to indoctrinate kids into a racist, hateful Marxist set of policies? Why would you do that? Anyway, uh, getting back to the theme of uh, understanding how businesses work, I think that one of the great divides between progressive America and conservative America is progressive America doesn't understand how business works. And so they say ridiculous things like, you know, if we have rent controls, there will be more uh, available uh, low-priced rentals for people with no concept of how supply and demand function. I mean, on even the most basic level. And sometimes I think it's that they don't understand. Sometimes I think it's just they're counting on voters not understanding. So they say, unbelievably, pardon me, but effing stupid. Or if you Things raise, like we're about to play for you. Or if you raise minimum wage high enough for fast food workers, well, the, 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 the rich that own the place will just have to eat the difference. They won't raise the price of the burgers to the point that nobody comes there or decide to go automated because they can't afford the workers. Nah, nah, nah that won't happen. The super rich owners will just have to make less of their dirty profit. Right, and and then in that brave utopian new world, anybody who can fog a mirror will make enough money to raise a family of five, right. no matter what right. they do. Right. right, yeah. Anyway, so you got this. This is uh, the always entertaining Ayanna Presley. Uh, why don't we start with that one, Michael, 35. When a Walgreens leaves a neighborhood, they disrupt the entire community, and they take them and they take with them baby formula, diapers, asthma inhalers, life-saving medications, and of course, jobs. These closures are not arbitrary, and they are not innocent. They are life-threatening acts of racial and economic discrimination. Shame on you, Walgreens. Walgreens is a multi-billion-dollar corporation that needs to put their money where their mouth is and stop divesting. From black and brown communities. You know, her 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 why is wrong. Her what is completely right. You could rephrase that and say, when you allow crime to run rampant in a community to the point that businesses have to close, you no longer can get baby formula and food for your kids and jobs because of all that stuff, yeah, went away. But not for the reasons you said. It went away because crime is so rampant that Walgreens can't be open in a whole bunch of different places. I can't believe a woman intelligent enough, at least somewhat intelligent enough, to get elected to the Congress is that dopey. You think She's she... got to be pandering. Well, I don't know. Marxists believe that. I mean, Lenin believed yeah, right. crime would go away if you know you had more equality. <laughs> uh, okay. She might actually believe that Walgreens closed just because they're racist. God, I hate black people having baby formula for their kids. I'm making a good profit on this Walgreens, but I'm going to close it anyway. I hate black people so much. Is, is there some way we can deny asthma inhalers to poor people of color? <laughs> I mean, you, you either have to be really an idiot, I mean profoundly stupid, or completely delusional to believe that. And the fact that, A, there'd be a congresswoman spouting that garbage, and B, an electorate that believes it? is a little scary. God, and just on the flip it around. So I didn't put the Walgreens in the neighborhood in the first place because I thought it'd be so great to let, uh, you know, the downtrodden have more jobs. It's either a business that's going to make me money or not. No matter who the hell it is, it's coming into work there. 
Oh, no, you don't understand at all. You have your DEI training didn't stick. What's happening is Walgreens so despises people of color. They open the stores and run them for a number of years just to get people used to it so they can yank it away. It's the ultimate cruelty. I mean, seriously, how crazy would you have to be to believe that? Anyway, then you have Joe Biden. You know, I was was about to say, what is Joe Biden's greatest electoral liability, aside from the fact that he's got one foot in the grave? Um, (laughs) Well, that bad, it can't care. It occurs to me right now that it's it's the border. It's the immigration crisis. Uh, Yeah. For the longest time, it was uh, inflation and people struggling paycheck to paycheck uh, and blaming the administration for it. Uh, and and that that will loom uh, large no matter what happens, I think, with the border, because in spite of what uh, America's news chuckleheads would have you believe, the rate of inflation going down doesn't mean prices have gone back down. They're just not rising as fast as they were when you said, sweet mother of God, we can't afford bacon anymore or filled up at the gas station about had a heart attack. It's it's more expensive than that, even just not as fast. Anyway, here's Joe Biden the other day. Well, look, folks, I think this country has been through pretty tough for a lot of people. We're making progress. Inflation is coming down. It's now lower in America than any other major economy in the world. The cost of eggs, milk, chicken, gas, and so many other essential items have come down. For all we've done to bring prices down, there are still too many corporations in America ripping people off. Price gouging, junk fees. Greedflation, shrinkflation. You see that article about the Snickers bars? Well, it's going to stop. America, we're tired of being played for suckers. Ooh. Wow. Man, and, and Trump gets beaten up for being a populist who, you know, lies to dumb people. Come on, that's some serious lying to dumb people if they buy it right there. The price of bacon's coming down. No, it's not. The inf- it stopped going up as much. And you know that. Surely you and know that. And it's still going up. It's, it's not. Still, it hasn't even right. stabilized. And everyone knows it. Thanks, Mark. Well, at, at best, during the best of times, it goes up roughly 2% per year, which is what inflation right. is when we got it perfect. But it doesn't go down. What are you talking about? Boy, that was some low-grade bullcrap right there. And and it sounded like the people were, uh, were shoveling it in. <laughs> Well, I don't know if those are activists or who those people were, but all all your polls would show that people have the same shock I have every time you go anywhere and buy anything. Good God, this is expensive. Trying to stoke the anger at the alleged grievance that the Snickers company is out of sheer cruelty reducing the size of their Snickers. The shrinkflation, well, yeah, it's because their costs have skyrocketed and they can't provide the same to anybody who has, again... The most basic understanding of economics, how money works, gets that. I don't eat Snickers bars, so I haven't noticed. Did anybody, Michael, you're qu- you quit that sort of yeah. stuff. Just wonder uh, how small a Snickers bar is now. I notice it with cereal. It's just, there's like four corn pops in a box of corn pops. <laughs> you have to buy 10, 10 boxes to come up with a half a bowl. Yeah, yeah. Or I'm and convinced. Corn pop I'm, was a bad dude. <laughs> no, we're talking about the cereal. See, I'm telling you, he's going to be in a home before he's back in the White House. Anyway, where was I? Oh, uh, I was talking to a guy I do uh, physical therapy uh, exercise stuff with, and um, 
And uh, he started to rail about his wife, uh, telling him he needed to go buy more toilet paper. And he's like, how much of this stuff are you going through? You know, what are you doing? And I said, no, 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 no. I'm, I'm convinced that the toilet paper companies, and maybe you're in the paper business, um, and I don't have any specific knowledge of this, but I'm pretty damn sure it's true. Dunder Mifflin. They have, they have yeah, uh, big, big hiney is behind this trick against the American consumer. They have found a way to adjust the tension on their rolling machine. And so the TP roll is not as tight, so there's not as much on there. So you go through it. So it looks as big, but it doesn't take any time to go through a roll. I do go through rolls fast. That is true. It's like, how often do I need to change this? This is crazy. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. You're right. But, but again, it's smaller. not because they're evil, because they're, if a brand came out that saved me money, I would go to that brand. It's called the free market, and it's a wonderful thing. It's lifted billions of people out of poverty. Uh, but I just think they're all up against that because of inflation. Sure. The inflation of their costs, specifically. Yeah. Including labor. Uh, a Southwest pilot explained to me why they don't have uh, beverage service on so many flights anymore. Among other oh, things we and, got coming and up. A, a gentleman thought we badmouthed the National Guard. And I want to clarify uh, my comments anyway. Okay, man. Yeah, no, I would never do that. Uh, both no, my dad not. and brother were in the National Guard. Uh, much more on the way. Stay with us. Armstrong and Getty. With the best all-inclusive vacation deals to Mexico and the Caribbean, booking your getaway with cheap Caribbean vacations means you have more freedom to do your deal. Whether you enjoy snorkeling, endless margaritas, and more, or simply soak up the sun and sand in a tropical paradise, Cheap Caribbean Vacations has your deal for that. Plan and book the exact getaway you want at exactly the right price for you by using our exclusive budget beach finder or find a featured all-inclusive package to Jamaica and do your deal at CheapCaribbean.com. Afford Anything is a podcast that teaches you how to be smart with your money. As a small business, you don't have the resources to pay the level of overhead and for the level of services that a Fortune 500 company could afford. So I certainly understand why, if you want to offer benefits, the providers of that, that that fee is going to be higher because there's more account management per employee. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford Anything, wherever you listen. The Armstrong and Getty Show. During a flight, an Irish folk singer pulled out a fiddle and played for fellow passengers. You know, when I'm stuck in a long flight, my first thought is, I really hope the guy next to me pulls out a fiddle. <laughs> After two minutes, everyone's like, please, God, let the door fall off. Just, I, I, come on, I, I've had enough of this. Oh, my God. First of all, if you've never played a fiddle or had a fiddle played next to you, they're extraordinarily loud. Even if oh, the yeah. person was good at it, it would be deafeningly loud. <laughs> yeah, that's a controversial move. I <laughs> uh, wanted to follow up on this. So I mentioned uh, I've had so many Southwest flights where they don't have the beverage service anymore. So, yeah, I know a lot of you were counting on those pretzels, but uh, we're not going to have the beverage card service because we're going to have a chance of a little turbulence. And I thought, is that just a cost-saving thing that they've decided, you know... 
if every third flight we say there might be turbulence and we cancel the beverage service, we save $5 million a month or something. Anyway, Southwest Pilot here. SWA gets constantly sued from flight attendants for turbulence injuries, so we must keep them seated if there's any turbulence expected. So they get sued so often if there's any chance, and they knew there was a chance, and somebody gets injured. So if there's a chance of turbulence, you can't have the beverage service, period. One more way attorneys have ruined America with Armstrong and Getty. Right. (laughs) Unbelievable. Speaking of misunderstandings or unfortunate turns of events, got this note from Ray, uh, who says some very nice things about the show. Thanks, Ray. Um, He said, yesterday your show made a comment insulting the National Guard, inferring that they were less than military, referring to those three troops recently lost. He makes a point when we pledge the same oath to uphold and defend our country as any branch, et cetera, et cetera. And then he makes a point that I'm going to skip um, and and mentions his six years in the Guard, another 30-plus years for defense contractors. Um, I'm disappointed in your comments referring degrading the Guard. Uh, first of all, Ray, um, uh, one of the hazards of this job is it's shocking how often people hear 80% of what we say and like fill in the other 20% in their head and get it wrong. Um, and, and another one is that sometimes I'll think, you know, I could clarify that, but do we have time? Let's just stick to the main thread. Um, and so if indeed what we said about the troopers who died recently, who were killed, um, seemed like it was slighting the guard, that was not the intent at all. And I apologize for it. What we were saying very briefly, and I probably should have fleshed it out, was that you have a very, very young couple of ladies who were National Guard volunteers deployed to a dangerous part of the Middle East, and that most people's perception of the National Guard, and I actually dug into the National Guard and the way it's structured and uh, the way it recruits and the different sorts of authorization for the National Guard to do different things, the popular perception of the National Guard is that they are for domestic purposes to help in disasters, times of emergency, that sort of thing, and they are available in times of war should the military need them, but that they're not the frontline go-to troops for a dangerous part of the world. That's the more complete version of the incomplete thought of yesterday. But the idea that we would insult the National Guard, that's not it at all. So i got a couple of different things here for you. I think I can go through quickly here. This is from the New York Times. Listen to this. The pigeon that was suspected of being a spy for China. That's a good beginning to a sentence. The pigeon that was suspected of being a spy for China was released on Tuesday from a veterinary hospital in Mumbai. The bird had been in captivity for eight months since it was found wandering in a port with Chinese writing on its wings. Being questioned, I'm sure, for those many months. Probably waterboarded. Interrogated. Probably waterboarded. Whatever they had to do to get that pigeon to talk. Then they determined it wasn't a spy and let it loose. That is hilarious. feathers one at a time. Hmm? I like this headline from the Washington Examiner. Biden and Trump have one thing in common when it comes to their morning routines. Yeah, I'm guessing grunting, difficult (laughs) bowel movements, some fiber in a bowl. But there's a bunch of things they have in common. Charming. Here's another one I came across. Too pretty? Easter poster depicting a handsome, fresh-faced Jesus prompts criticism in Spain. And they got this really, like, ripped, really pretty Jesus on a poster somewhere. So 
Just is a little too hot. Going to turn people on. You don't want that. <laughs> that is odd. <laughs> I don't know who came up with that. And uh, even Megyn Kelly says, people who I like and respect are pushing this bizarre Taylor Swift conspiracy theory. I want to talk a little bit about that in hour four, because I think it's a problem we got as a country, our obsession with politics. Uh, I would agree. If you don't get hour four, grab it later via podcast. Subscribe to Armstrong and Getty On Demand, and you'll never miss a scintillating moment. Scintillating. That's a good word for it. Or the dull ones. Or the stupid ones. You won't miss any moments is the point. Armstrong and Getty On Demand. That's where you get all your goodness. Armstrong and Getty. Movies, TV shows, books, podcasts, and more. It's what women binge with Melissa Joan Hart and her friend Amanda Lee. We have Lauren Bosworth with us. The Hills. So what is like your number one question from fans? The primary question I still get asked was, what, is it real? (laughs) (laughs) In 2024, to me, is a surprising question to get because I feel like everybody has been through the reality TV gauntlet at this point. What women binge wherever you listen.